Oh my God. He is recording this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then Clem, you have to put your voice in here. Then you're always like Clem. bossing us around. You might as well hear you once in a while. He's the only man we let tell us what to do. Well, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he tries you think to tell you, us you think what you to do. listen, but uh, I don't <laughs> you, know. you think we listen. No. <laughs> anyway. Mm, all right. Okay, so uh, here we go. All right. You ready? I'm I guess so. It's the most <laughs> magical time <laughs> of the year. Oh, la, 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 la. <laughs> Are you with me, Julie? Yes. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Everybody's just turned us off. No. Everybody just went, oh my God, they're trying yeah. to sing. She oh, can't Lord. sing. No, hey. we can't. Hey, we can't sing. Tis the season. It is the season. Yes, it is. And uh, today, a couple of Dusty Muffins, Penny Legate and Julie Blackwell are going to talk about dealing with the holidays. I sort of think of it as holiday hell. It's a difficult time of the year. It is. It is. It's. It, it, supposed to be the most joyous time of the year. It's the hap- happiest time oh, of the year. We're, we're told how we're supposed to feel. That, and you yeah. and I are women, and there are millions of us who don't like to be told what to do or how to feel. <laughs> so don't tell me I have to be joyous. I get all the hallmark messages of Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all kinds of other holidays in the month of December leading up to New Year's. You know, it, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, there is. And I, I, we're going to be talking about that today, plus just the various ways that the holidays affect us, both good and bad, and how we can kind of navigate this time of year. Right. Because it is a lot. And the messages, as you just said, Julie, are have fun, have lots of money and go out and spend money, <laughs> uh, be with your friends and family that you know, you're know you supposed to love and and have fun with, but they find extremely annoying. (laughs) You know, all the challenges of the holidays. There there are wonderful things about the holidays. We'll talk about that as well. But first of all, let's just go back to what you said about people telling you how to feel. And that's a trigger for you, Julie. I know because you are, miss, you know, gun at the holster, ready to pull it. And uh, when somebody's saying you need to be the happy, happiest time of your life, you rebel. That is, it is a trigger for me. And I know I'm not alone in that, but I think that the pressure that all the advertising and all the messages and all the cards and all the things you're told you're supposed to be experiencing is a lot of pressure and yeah. it makes people pissed off and resentful. I, I remember and sad that, and, and, we'll and sad that because yeah. Christmas, even though there's wonderful stuff about the holidays, whatever holiday you celebrate, and there are a lot of choices in December, I remember as a child, I was the only Jewish kid surrounded by hundreds. All my friends were were Christian and they all had Christmas trees and my parents would never let us have a Christmas tree. And I never understood it. You know, mm-hmm. is the tree really a religious symbol? But anyway, we, we couldn't we couldn't have one. And it pissed me off forever. I'm sure until I you finally, go to other people's houses uh, and they well, have these sparkling, beautiful well, trees and all the ornaments. And- what I want to say about that is my parents and, and we're getting to this point in this conversation we're having, look for the positive, mm-hmm. look for the things that will work for you. And my mother and father encouraged me to go to all my Christian friends' houses and decorate their trees. Nice. So they turned a negative into 
a more fun thing for me as a kid. Mm -hmm. They did allow me to leave, you know, cookies and milk for Santa Claus on Christmas morning. And after we'd had eight days of Hanukkah, I also tried to lord that over my Christian friends that our <laughs> holiday was a prison. <laughs> we had eight days and you guys, only, yes, <laughs> you, guys, you guys only have one. Right. So it was a way of evening the score, enhancing your, your differences. Right. And making, right. making it a good thing. So the holidays, you know, for me, and I know this is true for you too, Penny, it's a reminder of who isn't with us anymore. That's true. I was thinking about this topic we were going to discuss. I started thinking about my first sadness around Christmas because I grew up in the Midwest with a very nice little family, three kids, you know, both parents were around and healthy and you know, no alcoholism or problems like that in our family. Certainly our family had issues like every family does, but the Christmas season for us was always quite fun. My mother made it so. It was a big deal to decorate the tree and get out the ornaments every year. So as I grew up and went away from home, thinking back when I couldn't be home because I was working and didn't have the money to fly home or whatever it was, that nostalgic, the music would start and it would conjure up all these warm, fuzzy memories of us all being together and no longer could be. Then, of course, as the years went by and we started losing members of our family. And when my mother and father passed, Christmas became a real struggle to feel joyful because they were the ones who always made it what it was. And now they were no longer there. I know. It, it's sad. For me, I always live by the tenet, my favorite quote ever, whatever's in the way is the way. So I believe strongly that you, you acknowledge the sadness. You acknowledge what's not there. You feel it. You allow yourself to feel that sadness. And by acknowledging it, it I think it helps me anyway, doesn't overtake me. And then I start to look at the good stuff. Mm-hmm. By acknowledging what a difficult time of year it is for many families who don't have the things you mentioned earlier, the money, the gifts, even the ability to, to make a great meal, mm -hmm. all these pressures. Yes. And I more than once have wanted to just say, fuck it, run away. I'm, you know, I don't want to deal with this. Wake mm -hmm. me up on January 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It is hard. And I think that one of the things that intensifies our emotions around this time of year. Well, there's a few things. First of all, the darkness, at least for us here in the uh, <laughs> northern uh, latitudes, it starts getting dark around 3.30 in the afternoon, 4, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. So I think our need for light, this is a good part of the holidays, is that everybody's decorating their homes with trees and blow up Santas. And I get a huge kick out of seeing what people adorn their homes with. And it brightens me. And mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a really good thing. I like that. But it is a tough time of year just due to lack of light and the fact that we're all kind of like going back into our hibernation phase. So I think right. depression is more common this time of year. And I think, as you mentioned, the financial stress for so many people at this time of year, I mean, every commercial is buy this, buy that, people running with big packages and swirling stars and, you know, full stockings and and the imagery that we are subjected to in a really overwhelming way, I'm sure makes a lot of people who don't have any sort of means to buy, you know, five children, two children, gifts, you know, where is Santa this year? I guess he missed our house. Can you imagine being a parent who cannot provide a Christmas, a holiday for your children when it's going on all around them? I met many of those people in my career, my television news career, who were unable to, to do all of those things. One of the other things I try to 
guide my life, the guideposts of my life is when you're feeling miserable, do something for somebody else. By giving that, you're making someone else happy, but it's also making me happy. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I do this time of year, it's kind of a ritual for me. I go into my closet. I look at the five coats I'm not wearing that I didn't need in the first place that were probably gifts. Many of us have far more than we need. We don't need stuff. We need feelings. So Mm -hmm. I try to gather up good clothes that are very wearable that I will never wear again and do not need. And I take them around. And that is a way for me to think about celebrating and finding something positive to give away. That season of giving, that part of it is really a beautiful thing to remind us to be charitable. We can give and giving is the best Gift that's the best. The that's what we're. That's that's the meaning of the season. Absolutely. I finally got a Christmas tree when I married a Christian. Oh. <laughs> my my my, fir- my my first marriage to Richard Blacklow was a great marriage. I've had three great partners. I don't think of any of them as failed. I think just ran their course. But by my second husband Ted was a Christmas fanatic, and he used to decorate a tree, big tree with hundreds of ornaments and family heirlooms. So Julie, just so our audience knows, you're talking about your second husband, Ted DeArms, right? Who was a very famous actor and voice actor and yes. well-known man. He was uh, bigger than life. He took all the oxygen out of the room, which is one reason we didn't survive as a couple, <laughs> but we always stayed friends. Christmas was everything to him. And he would read a Christmas carol every year and have the audience in tears by the time he said, God bless us, everyone. I I can't, no one can imitate his voice. He was amazing. And it really was so much fun. And then when I was raising my son, we got a little Christmas tree. So did he get a mixture of both Judaism and Christianity in his upbringing? He was raised in the Jewish faith and was bar mitzvahed and all of that. But he was always exposed to everything Mm -hmm. because my feeling about the religious components of Christmas are all roads lead to the same God. So I consider myself a lapsed Jew and (laughs) something of a pagan heretic, but I I believe deeply in God, whatever or whomever he or she, I don't even think it has a gender. It's bigger than that. All right. Well, you you brought up paganism. So the Christmas yeah, trees no. uh, all originated in, in exactly. pagan, which is interesting. So let's go back to the Christmas tree that you mentioned, the, the ornaments coming out. Growing up with my family, the ornaments would come out and there were some that were really precious, old, you know, big ones. And mm-hmm. dad would be the only one that could handle those and put them on the very top of the tree, etc. And I would get yearly ornaments for my girls. I have two girls. Their, their names would be on them and we would get them out and it would be such a thrill to unwrap the little glistening castle or the little spinny things that you put by the lights and they move around. Mm -hmm. And since my daughter Mara died 10 years ago, I cannot face opening those Mm -hmm. boxes of ornaments. She lived for Christmas. She loved Christmas. She, Mm -hmm. you know, watched the Grinch 10,000 times. And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, probably 10,000 times. And she was always the most excited about everything Christmas. It wasn't even about the consumer part of it, the gifts that was uh, inconsequential to her. Mm. She just loved the traditions and the music and the sparkly lights. Oh, Penny. First, huh. I know. I, I cannot ever say I know how you feel. I hope I never know how you feel. And I cannot it's- imagine there are so many of my friends who have lost children. And at this time of year, it must be particularly painful. I understand you're not wanting to open those and face that. 
the first year after she died and I saw Christmas decorations, I just collapsed. Of course. And the music and just everything is so incredibly powerful and nostalgic. Mm-hmm. A few years when Molly has been home, my other daughter, my older daughter, to help me, I can get those things out because we can oh. laugh and talk and cry together about them. <laughs> and I have the strength. But for the last few years, I've pretty much left town at Christmas and gone somewhere just to forget that Christmas even happens. I, I still, understand, honey. Yeah, I just, I uh, I, and you know, it's not getting any better. That's the problem. It's been 10 years and it still <laughs> is uh, maybe in some ways more painful than it was at the beginning. Yeah. Time does not heal. I think that's a fallacy, especially with the loss of a child. You just figure out a way to live with a broken heart. You just try to go on one day at a time. I want to say, as we're reflecting on Christmas past and Christmas present, not presents, but Christmas present, of all the gifts I could imagine, um, having you in my life and being able to do this with you is an irreplaceable, priceless gift. And I want to thank you for that, that our paths crossed again six, seven months ago. And we forging of kind of friendship and an ability to speak our minds, crazy as we are. Mm-hmm. But you make me laugh. Oh. You make me laugh. You know, that's what, what brought you to me. And I thought no one has ever made me laugh as much as you have. <laughs> and so I want to end this podcast on the holidays with your laugh. That you can still, that you can still find, you find joy in life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for that beautiful tribute, sweetheart. Um, I think that all this is what you call the shared. Yes. Yiddish for destiny. Yeah. In the stars. It's in Mm -hmm. the stars that Julie and I have come together at this point in our lives. And, and we, we so appreciate all the people that are falling in with us on these conversations. And we're very grateful for you as well. And we can wrap up on that that beautiful okay. thought. Thank you. The but, tears are streaming here. I'm not, I, but, gotta but don't, I can don't con- sing again. Please. No. <laughs> don't. <laughs> but first, I'll, I just want to remind people, too, that in this era of social media, that you'll see pictures of everybody's perfect Christmases, and they're all of them in their matching pajamas, which is kind of annoying. And just know <laughs> they have problems too. Then they they're going to talk about the left wing versus the right wing, and all the you know they're not accomplishing enough. Is there? I mean, this stuff goes on in every single family. Nobody's immune to it. You can always come here as a refuge for laughter and to a couple of dusty muffins. We got your back. And you know whether you're wearing matching pajamas or sweat clothes as we do. And by the way, all those pictures of people, little families in their matching pajamas. Honestly, (laughs) I kind of want to puke. I really, it's, (laughs) I I mean, it's, it's, and even the dog, the dog and the cat have matching pajamas. Yes. Are you kidding me? (laughs) We love you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, being part of this uh, Dusty Muffins uh, escapade. And we wish you a very joyous holiday season, however you celebrate it, whatever you celebrate with whomever. Or not. Or or not. That's right. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Or not. (laughs) Love you. Bye, sweetheart. Love you. Bye. Now, you know, we have no clue how to edit the show, so we just talk and Clem Daniels puts it all together. Thanks, Clem. Thanks, Clem.